One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast where we are bringing you our preview show. It's normally Frankie who does is, that, yeah. but you've got us tonight, unfortunately. He's Frankie's a lot know. smoother than we are. And he's not like, he's more pathetic than <laughs> we are. <laughs> but we didn't uh, want to give it a miss because this is Sunderland's biggest game of the season. They travel to Portsmouth in a top-of-the-table third-division clash. How does that sound, everyone? <laughs> it's the 1992 Cup final that everybody wanted. Portsmouth yeah. against Sunderland. It was certainly one that we wanted as Sunderland yeah, fans. It was, wasn't it? It was. So it was, was one that Malcolm Crosby wanted, mm. as if you listen to the Malcolm Crosby podcast. Oh, smooth, um, he Gareth, smooth. about it on there. Smooth. Go and listen to those two podcasts. Yeah. Who did um, Malcolm Crosby take over from, Stephen? Dennis Smith? I think it was Dennis Smith, and we met Dennis Smith, Oh, we did, we? that's yeah, right, yeah, yes. We and we have two of those episodes yeah, as well yeah, you can go yeah. and listen to. That'll be good. People are turning off already now. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I've okay. had my iPhone and Myself, Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker <coughs> are joined tonight by Michael Loff. Good evening. Richard Easterbrook. Hello, you're right. Richard Easter Egg. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so creative, that, isn't it? It's not the most seasonal thing, is it? Did yeah, you call him that when you were 11, when you first met him? Jesus was involved in Easter as well. That's a good point. He was, not he? He's across he, the holidays. Did you used to call him that at school? No, because he was, had about six. No, you've waited until you were grown up. No, no, you come up with it. He had about six different second names at school. I'm not joking. Have either. you ever been called brothers before? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Richard's had in the time I've known Richard, which is a long time. He's had four second names, I believe. <laughs> and one of them he went back to. He left it and went back to it. Is this what this is? Is this? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Stick I with these directions. It's fine. Story. The well, I don't think it's of interest anyway. Yeah. Yeah, Stephen well, Elliott thought we were brothers. Or? No, it wasn't Stephen Elliott. It was, it was Stephen Elliott? No, no, it wasn't. Oh, no, it, it wasn't. Was it, Richard, wasn't. it was Richard Coop from Fulham yeah, 73. Who, yeah. who, so we have met who, Richard Who, who saw you and said, um, <laughs> Are you two brothers? The both had glasses on. One of them, I can't remember which one, automatically took the glasses yeah, I took, off. I took mine off. Yeah, as if that makes it, as if makes it, them not look like each other suddenly. And then uh, Stephen Elliott was just having Gareth's life for the rest of us. He was saying like he was saying he's proclaimed you're off there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> <That's it, me. laughs> that was quite funny. Yeah, well. <laughs> anyway, shall we move on? We shall move on. Um, you're going to hear from Kevin Ball and Luke Ball uh, throughout the course of the show today. They're sure. both from Portsmouth, so that's a link, isn't it? it is, well, yeah. Luke's not from Portsmouth, but Kevin's from Portsmouth. Yeah. He's from Hastings, isn't he, Kevin Ball? Same thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's a southern place, isn't it? Someone Played for yeah. Portsmouth, though, didn't he? It's, it's down south. Yeah, being, yeah. If you want to be pedantic on that, Michael, like, it might be a, yeah. yes, a totally different town. All I'm, right. I'm going to mix Michael right down now. <laughs> Sack Michael. <laughs> being unloyal uh, to the is, podcast. He, he is from the essence, yeah, but he played <clears> for Portsmouth, isn't he? So, uh, we'll hear from them and uh, just about how much Luke annoys Kevin, I think, this segment is. <laughs> 
Um, we've also I think that's a theme through all of the we've segments. We've also got a, our away day guide from from Tom mm. Walsh as well. Um, so, I think looking at the game tomorrow, Sunderland are in a good position, obviously. Um, well, we've lost once all season. We're the only side in the football league to have scored in every game. Uh, we're in a very, very good place, uh, but this is a real big test. We're playing Portsmouth, who currently sit uh, top of the league. This is going to be a good yardstick for us, isn't it? It's the biggest test since the last one, isn't it? But <laughs> yeah, it is. Who I was the last one? Barnsley at home. Barnsley. Barnsley it's yeah, a bigger test, this isn't it? Yeah, this has to be. It's, a, it's the game you look at. You know, the two biggest, two biggest sides in the league. You'd say it's it's got to be. It's got to be up there. I think a lot of people looked at that. 22nd of December, it's a long trip for the away fans just before Christmas, but it's it's got to be an opportunity. The rest of the league will be fuming if we uh, if we win, won't they? You know, like, we keep coming back, suddenly need to be lucky, you're not that good and all that. And then, <clears> say, now Barnsley were going to come to the stadium if they can turn us over, and that didn't happen. It feels like the the fact that it's the 22nd of December, where it's landed, it's, it's made the thing a little bit more low-key. I don't know if anybody else feels that way. That it doesn't feel as big of a game for some reason. I don't know why that is. Um, I don't know if it's because it's been it's so late in the run of fixtures because we've nearly played everybody, haven't we, in the league now? I think possibly as well because we have um, three games in the space of about seven days, don't we? So obviously everybody's really focusing on the Bradford game with a campaign for ticket sales, so that might be a factor behind it. Well, we've got a massive opportunity now. Um, we've got the two games in hand. You know, we really laid market down. You know, if I was thinking about this in the week, and if we flip the situation, um, looking at you know going into a game, and the the last two games have picked up one point. Um, they lost at at home at Charlton, um, and they they drew um, at at Barnsley. So they like what you're talking about. This is being a bit of a mar- trying to lay a market down and trying to assess where we are. Well, we, we've only lost to one team this season, so our success rate, and they've only lost two, to be fair, but our success rate this season... And I we've think, lost to the League Cup semi-finals. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so if, if you look at it that way, you know, their their home form isn't as good as their away form. Um, Portsmouth yeah. You'd rather very be good away down from, now, I think. Would being you? very good away from know? home. They could um, make a rack of the Portsmouth fans. I can imagine that could yeah, be quite intimidating. No, it could, but they, they've, you know, they say the home form's not as good as their away form, picked up most of the points from home. I think they're unbeaten away from home. Um, so the, it's just going into it on the back of you know one result can change everything they've had two results against good teams where they haven't won and they'll be thinking we'll probably could do without playing Sunderland and I think if it was the other way around we'd be going oh we we failed to pick up points the pressure's on can we compete against the top teams um, and you know if the conversation was the other way I think we'd be a bit more anxious about it I feel quite relaxed about the game that's a worrying sign in itself, isn't it? I think in, it's a huge game for Portsmouth from their point of view because if they had the opportunity to go 10 points clear with us on the night where they got mm. beat off Charlton, and if we beat them tomorrow, the gap will be reduced to two. So psychologically, going into two very winnable home games as well, I think <coughs> it'll be a huge, huge signal of intent if we can get three points on Saturday. Yeah, it's a massive statement to yeah. the rest of the league. And Luton at home again at the weekend. Yeah. They've, I think they've won six on the bounce. So you'd yeah. expect their home records outstanding. You'd expect them to win that game. Yeah, it's good we've got they, that game out of the way now. Yeah, away then from they, home yeah. to Luton. Because goes to show as well because I came away from that game against Luton. Like I was down there and I came away very frustrated at the result. But I look back now and it's a fantastic point given the context. I think it just shows how strong we are as well because we weren't even really polished yeah. at all. No, we, we should have won, won that game. We should have won that mm, game. We should have hit, hit the bar. 
um, through Maguire, didn't we, near the end of the game. Um, and I think, like you said, a lot of people were in the league captain more, weren't they? Um, mm-hmm. After that, for apparently it was his fault, which was a load of rubbish. Um, but you know, look at the look at the uh, the change in mood since then with regards to that particular player. I mean, I thought he was excellent in the weekend, and yep. it's so good to have him back for this game because these are the games. If you look at the big games over the course of Sunderland's recent history, you know, Catamol's being one of the main protagonists. You know, I'll instantly come to mind the Norwich game at Carroll Road when we beat them three-one. Um, what was it three-one? Three-nil. Three-nil. Um, things like that in the the imagery around him, the League Cup <coughs> final. Arguably, man of the match in that League Cup final. You just reminded people that we were in the Premier League and no, we were in the no, League I'm Cup final saying, in recent years. Here, you know, I, I do think is you know he's a massive part, massive part of the club, and it's great to have him back in there and having those options that we've got. Yeah, he, he will have a selection uh, dilemma as well. I want to talk a little bit about how we approach the game. Before we do that, shall we listen to Tom's away guide? If you want to, we've got to fit two of these segments in, right, so we'll do okay. one of them now. Let's go with Tom. Tom now. or Barley? Who do you think? Tom first. Go on then. He's Tom Welch's a weird guide to Portsmouth. It's Christmas, everybody, and what has Santa got in his bulging sack? Well, he's got a long journey to the south coast because we are feasting upon the top of the table clash between ourselves and Portsmouth at the very, very Yadar old-fashioned ground of Fratton Park. And for those of you who went to Accrington, will be pleased to know that this one has a roof. On the flip side, they do have those kind of terraces which they've just managed to just bolt seats on as opposed to just, you know, making seats. That's how you get there on this <laughs> epic adventure. Well, it's just the six hours down there, and once you hit Portsmouth, just hit the A2030 to Fratton Park, where there is street parking available around the ground. Get in the train, you say. Well, hop on, hop on the train from London Waterloo, it's all the way to Fratton, and the ground is just a mo- matter of minutes away. But, like everywhere in this fine land this weekend, there is a rail strike, so please check the timetables. Uh, otherwise you might be just stuck in London and nobody wants that. Beer? Beer? Well, close to Fratton Park is the totally humble and maybe it's quite good, but it's called the Staggeringly Good Brewery, which sells delicious beer such as Stagosaurus and the Reptile Rattler. Alternatively, the Good Companion and the Milton Arms are within easy reach of the stadium. However, if you're one of these hip young cats coming from Portsmouth and you happen to fancy a beverage in the city centre, you can head, head to the One-Eyed Dark, the, the coolest shit music bar. And if you're staying over on this festive period, you might want something to do around Portsmouth. Well, at Fort Nelson, they have a Victorian Christmas where you can see how a garrison is fed if that is your thing. So join Private Dobson as he creates a festive feast for his soldiers. Alternatively, you could try your hand at ice skating outside Portsmouth Guildhall Square, where you can feast upon Christmas fair, mulled wine, hot chocolate, whatever else you feel's festive. And before you make that long, 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 unnecessary journey back to the northeast. And since this is the last away game of 2018 what a year it has been of the the moments of 
has included so much variety of being bodied by the likes of Cardiff City, the banter that was the 3-3 at Bristol City, the walloping of Derby County, the uh, disappointing disappointment but also fascination with Burton Albion, and of course... Warsaw twice in the space of a week. If any of you have actually embarked on any of these trips in the past year, well done to you. You are the lifeblood of this club that will see you through for the next 12 months. Anyway, enjoy the trip to Portsmouth and Merry Christmas, everyone. Great stuff there again by Tom Welsh and his Welsh. Wick. Tom Welsh. <laughs> Welsh said, didn't no. I'm not having that. I'm not being Welsh off. I said, said Tom Welsh, Welsh, didn't he? He said Welsh. I didn't. We can sort that in post. I think it was my. I'm not anything in post. <laughs> it's just the way I pronounce things. In the words um, of Oscar Chamberlain, who is Tom <laughs> yeah, Welsh? Yeah, that was funny. Who is Tom Welsh? Bodies. We, well, yeah, yeah. we obviously left that in as well because yeah. we thought it was funny. We actually clipped um, it a bit because it was quite a bit of a gap. <laughs> so we cut the gap out and edited it in. And I'm not joking either. It's a little bit of a wise men say classic, isn't it? The mistaken identity uh, infamously had um, Dick Avocar with Alan Clark. Alan Clark, yes. Yeah. Pod, yeah. That's on Craig Clark. Uh, yeah. Wrote something in the paper for the Sunday Neck or we do yeah. a piece and then he criticised Dick Advocat and Dick Advocat was came, a substitution. In, he came in the press uh, conference asking where Alan Clark was. He wanted, so he could have a go at him, I think. He wanted Craig sacked from a job he didn't have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he got his wish, technically. Yeah. And then Advocat was gone three games later. So <laughs> so who was right? Yeah, yeah. yeah Craig, was, Craig say, right again. Podcasts Craig Clark was yeah. right. That's Alan it. Clark. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Sunderland approached this game. You mentioned there, Richard, that our last biggest test was Barnsley at home. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were predicting Barnsley to come out on top of that game. And Jack Ross, he just went for it attacking-wise, didn't he? He thought, fight fire with fire here and and have a real go at them. Is he going to do the same thing? I think we've just got to just keep to doing what we're doing. I mean, against against Barnsley, I don't think we tried to match them up in any way because we, we couldn't compete with them. I thought we were, we were, there was more... A, Tack an intent to our game than normal yeah. against Barnsley, and I think that's the thought. The way he thought was best to approach that game, just like let's just you know put your stamp on this game. Yeah. They, they didn't feel themselves into it at all. I think that, that twenty minute spell before half time against Barnsley was was probably arguably the best football we've played this season um, over the a short four years, probably. <laughs> yeah, it, but if, if we can do the same again, um, not worry too much about them. We should be okay. Um, Jack Ross admitted after that game that he kind of feared that we concede, but he just backed our attacking players to be able to outscore mm. them, which is quite refreshing as a Sutherland fan because over the past few years we've had some very conservative, negative managers, so it was like a breath of fresh air. But I think on Saturday he'll go with a similar approach because earlier on the season we played Peterborough and other than Barnsley, that's the best we've played all season. We could have been 2 or 3 nil up easily in that Peterborough game at half-time. And Peterborough at the time, again, like Barnsley, was a lot of hype and people were saying this is the first big test and at the time we'd been on some indifferent form, we'd had a few draws, we got beat off Burton Albion and we still went out without played Peterborough, who were one of the better sides in the league. So You look at those two teams as well, Peterborough, <clears throat> after we played them, they've slid. Barnsley have slid we out of the top six. We knew slide, didn't we? I know, we but, always said it. but we've, since they've played us, they've, you know, they've dipped, they have dipped. Um you know, Peterborough start like So let's hope if we can, you know, do it on Saturday, then they, the same thing happens to Portsmouth. Well, Peterborough start like this every season. Ja- we've got Luton start January as well. And then slip up. I'd be interested to know how we're doing this season in comparison with 
teams that have been promoted last season. So well, that's good, a, isn't it? Let's have a look it's, at it's, that. I'm just, uh, funnily enough, I've got that information know, here. It's almost like we had a discussion about know, it before we started strange, recording. Isn't it? But I don't know <clears> this information, so you can let us know what the top of the table looked like this time before Christmas okay. last season in League One. So where do you, where do you think Sunderland would be comparatively? How many points? Right, We've got 43 points. What have Portsmouth got? 48. Right. Yeah. I, think, have got 44. I think we will be about third because I think considering we've got two games in hand I would expect us to take something from more normally we would be on You've seen it, more than Richard, 43 so points yeah, I saw a little bit of it yeah uh, so I think assuming the team in third have played last season played the same amount of games as everybody else I think they'll be on about that ok I'm going to guess a second because I think Blackburn had a slow start but they ended up right up there and over top ok so I'll give you Portsmouth 8 with 35 points Peter 7th, 35 points. Charlton 6th with 36 points. Started from 8th. I know, because Portsmouth were 8th, so okay. I thought it was relevant. 5th, Bradford City with 42 points. Right. Wow. 4th uh, was Scunthorpe with 42 points. 3rd were Blackburn Rovers with 44 points, so we would be 4th place. 4th. Or joint 4th. Um, Shrewsbury were 2nd with 47 points, and Wigan Athletic were top with 51 points. Right. Um, the top three had all played 22 games and Scunthorpe and Bradford had played 23. Wigan must have um, dropped any at that point then. Dropped many at that point. Um, they, Wigan had won 16, drew three and lost three. So they hadn't drawn many games but they'd won games. Um, scoring 49 goals in the process. Um, so, yeah, that's... Uh, what it shows us though, so Portsmouth will be second, right? Yeah, Portsmouth behind be, High Flying Wigan. So what that does do is acknowledge the season Portsmouth are having because it, it's all well and good us saying right Sunderland should be getting promoted this year, and then when we see how we're playing, and we always um, come is out of bad? games. Yeah, we come out of games saying, day, by the way. right? So we come out of games saying, oh, we, we've played better than other sides, and we've got better players than other sides. But it's always important to acknowledge that if you know at the end of the day, if another team up there goes and smashes the season. There's not always anything you can do about that, and that no. acknowledges Portsmouth are having a good season. And you know, you don't get everything your own way. I think I'm becoming a little bit kind of frustrated about the narrative we're not playing very well. I mean, I can understand Saturday perhaps wasn't our best performance of the season, but when you think when we were in the Premier League, how many times can you honestly say you came away from Old Trafford or the Etihad or the Emirates and thought, you know what it is, they absolutely blew us away today, they were fantastic, they were magnificent? It was very rare you actually thought mm. that. And you thought, actually, we matched them for 70 minutes, but their superior quality told them they scored a couple of goals, and then that was it. And I think that's what Sunderland's done with other teams this season. So I think maybe there needs to be a little bit of realigning of expectations in a, in a sense. I think mm. I, th- I, I think throughout this season, we've been held to a different standard than other League One clubs. And admittedly, yes, we've come from the Premier League down through through the Championship. But you know, we are a new team, effectively, with the, with the players that we have. We are a team that are, are in recovery from from two of the most traumatic years of, of in our recent history so you know we shouldn't be expected to be at the top of the table you know this could be a season of consolidation yet here we are challenging at the top it should be should be applauded I'm applauding it are you applauding it Gareth? you yeah, like I'm, concentrating on something no, else no I'm there. trying to get the uh, I'm trying to get the league table up and for this this season just for to, up to yesterday Sunderland the third <laughs> yeah no just interesting I mean we've played 20 games um so also oh, hold on so that point yeah. tally was we yeah. we so we've played 20 us. so we've played 20 games ah. they had 22 23 i'm saying so so we so everyone will play one more game by then because it was i did it up to christmas day um just for because obviously right. you know we'll get, so we will be, be a, that'll be a break assuming um, we win 
it's just one game before Christmas now, yeah, isn't yeah. it? We've yeah. sc- this season we've got for context, Portsmouth scored four. Uh, sorry, Wigan got fifty-one, and didn't they last yeah. season? Forty-nine, sorry, goals. Oh. We've scored f- forty-one goals this season. Luton have scored forty-three, and uh, Portsmouth have scored th- thirty-six. Um, so, you know, obviously Wigan were battering the league last season and, and went up in in style, really, didn't they? Mm. Um, so, I mean, contextually, you know, well well placed. Um, you know, it's just a massive opportunity on Saturday. That it, it might be the game that makes people. You know, you're also making about people twisting about Sunderland. Yeah. Might just make them shut up. Well, you've always got hope, <clears throat> haven't you? That's true. Though. I mean, what could, what more can you do? You know, if, you, come, if say we beat Portsmouth two or three nil on Saturday, well, that'll be a real statement. And people would say, yeah. If you hear about like how Luton are being spoken about and it's like oh brilliant it's a success story it should be a su- we should be a success story because you know we turned this around yeah. admittedly yes we've got the high, probably one of the yeah. highest wage wage bills uh, but every time we win and even if we win the league at a canter you'd get people going well they should be winning the Sunderland they should be winning the league they should be walking this league yeah. it's not we've seen the last all, all we could do like, this season yeah. was to start uh, to position ourselves accordingly to like wage budgets and stuff because that's part of the point isn't it when we were in the Premier League we had like the 6th or 7th highest wage bill and we were rubbish and the Championship will have had one of the highest wage bills and we got relegated we were saying last season that squad of players on paper was far too good to get relegated but they got relegated because of mismanagement from all over the place so there's nothing wrong with just being on par or being on course to where you should be. It's a nice change for well, us. Last that. season was so bad he could have made a television programme about it. Could have, couldn't you? Did they? Yeah. I mean, we could have been in it. I mean, they made it. So just an idea. Idea for a television programme. Sunderland. We are Sunderland, we'll call it. <laughs> See if anyone picks it up. Just, just want to push that out there. Right. I want to know what sort of teams uh, you guys will be picking. We'll hear from Kevin and Luke now first. If you want to, yeah. Yeah, let's do that. And this is Kevin Ball just reiterating how much his son Luke Ball annoys him. I was like um, at Fulham and I'd come home for the weekend and Luke was in our academy at the time. The one thing Luke always had with his right foot and his left foot in subsequent times, well, got better and better. He had an unbelievable right foot. Like whip it, bend it, strike it, fantastic. But he was going through a spell where he kept coming off the ball so it kept spinning. And he kept shanking it. So I went, oh, we'll go down to um, the Riverside in Chesley Street to have a little practice like that. So bearing in mind, I'm still playing in the championship and I'm down the Riverside with my son on my day off practicing his passing, right, for his benefit. That's it. I just want to chuck the hisses in there a little bit, right? right. No, he didn't want to do it, right? Phone kept going. He kept answering his phone, right? Freaking driving me nuts. In the end, I'll go and you put that effing phone down like that, right? So he kept doing it. Then, yeah, by now I'd had enough, right? I said, right, that's it, we're getting this. So he gets in the car, goes home, we're not speaking, right? By the time we got back to our house, I was that annoyed with his phone. I actually, there was more bits to this that I won't elaborate on. <laughs> I got the phone, <laughs> threw it in my rose border, and started jumping up and down it like did, a yeah. demented dad. Did, yeah. Then my phone went off, right? <laughs> and it was, I didn't know it was me. And I went to him, answer my phone like that. And it was my mate from America who's like he's oh, a yeah. big rock singer in America. Brian, he was in a group called Bad Company, massive group. And 
he's then started talking to Luke going Luke how's your dad there like that and Luke's going no he's currently jumping up and down on my phone in the rose border like that but the way he said it was brilliant and my mate was absolutely pissing himself laughing so I wouldn't have said that embarrassed him but probably did I I wouldn't have intentionally done anything no to embarrass I remember him. Right, we got that phone from an old teammate as well, if you remember rightly. I won't did go we? There. Yeah, we? Did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. Yeah. Was, one of those old school Nokia ones. Great phone it was as well. But yes. Didn't grow any roses though, that's no, for I sure. I did, can you actually remember me ever? We, we, I think you do stuff. I remember once he shut the car door again in Florida when we were on a... Um, it all happens in Florida. Oh, it does, it? yeah. We were in the, one of the big car Florida, parks, yeah. you know, like um, you go to the Florida Mall. So his sister... We used to like was a baby, so we'd always make sure it was really late for. We shut the door, leave the air conditioning on, and turn the engine off last one when she got out. Right, so we got her out. I hadn't turned the engine off, and he decides to shut the door, right, and lock the car keys in the car in the middle of the Florida Mall, and I'm stood there looking at his car, couldn't get in, and I started jumping up and down again. Then like a demented <laughs> lunatic, if I'm really honest. And then at the end of it, I think him, Tasha obviously wouldn't have. Been, I'm, didn't the, didn't the bloke come out with a... Yeah, well, so this was the worst bit. So I'm going, jumping up and down, that frustrating, feeling Jeff into myself like that. And I, they're just looking at me just to say like that. And then obviously the bloke came out and I think it cost us about 90 bucks and he was there two seconds. Yeah, just got... went like that. I went, how much, mate? He went 90 seconds. Of course, in your heart, you go, 90 seconds like that. Did he use a coat to... hanger? Yeah, it, oh, it was ridiculous a, what he used. Yeah. 90 bucks, like, and I just looked at him and I just looked back at him, but... I think he'd done things purposely to what he does it to me now. I, oh, I, do, I do too now. Yeah, he does. Do sometimes he'd come in the house and at the end of it, I go, Luke, you go, what? I go, can you go home now, please? Yeah. And they go, why? I said, because you're getting on me tits. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, pay, you paid me 40 cigarettes once ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, no longer as well. Yeah, I was quite please happy with that. Please take yeah. them and go home. Yeah, you're getting on me nerves now, like that. Yeah. <laughs> I was quite happy with that. Right. I just, this one's interesting. I'm going back and I've said to Luke here on, on, like, I've obviously DM'd you on Twitter and I've said, and he's put, I've seen my dad twice in two nights. We've had large arguments both nights. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I told him his curry was shit. <laughs> yeah, I think that, yeah. See what I mean? That's what I'm saying. So there'd have been the nights I said, Luke, can you go home now, please? Are you what recording was it? that Was it, was it a corner, was it? Huh? Was it a corner? It was I'd shit. Put it, it was, no, it was put shit. No, like what it was, he then said, do you want a pint of milk to calm it down? Ah, oh, that now, was I'm, it. Now I remember I'm now. I'm 31 years old and I've never drank a cup of tea, a coffee or a pint of milk in my life. No, I made a curry, right? And I really thought it was lovely. And he decides it was too hot. But instead of like sort of like what you should do is say nothing, he starts saying me curry shit and it wasn't shit. It was lovely. It was a shit curry. No. So I said to him, well, why don't you have some milk to like, and that's when we started arguing. I think that's the bit when I've probably told him to go home. That argument started from the euro rate as well. We, we, oh, that was it. Like, yeah, yeah. He's going, what do you think about it? And in the end, it got to the stage where I'm saying it's like, I don't know. What was it? 1.1610. 1. 1. And I said, what? 1.161. And he couldn't figure out that that zero didn't, that, wasn't that, that, that zero didn't make a difference. That. That's right. exactly what it no, is. It wasn't, but he kept. He, I'm, he was in one, right? And what it is, when he's got me, that's what he does. Like so, in the end, it probably got to that lad and dad thing where it was like, you know, can you cough and then cough loudly? <laughs> if you get what I mean, you know what I mean by cough loudly, don't you? You don't, do you? No, I don't. Know. Fuck off. All right, okay. God Almighty. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, some selection dilemmas possibly for Jack Ross or not at all, are we thinking? Injury news update, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll look at first. I haven't um, seen the, the information from today's press McLaughlin conference. McLaughlin has confirmed that McLaughlin's fit. He's fit, is he? Yeah. Beautiful. Um, who were the other two who were carrying injuries? Flanagan, he said, it's touch and go. Reese James is fit. Okay. Well, I, I would argue Oviedo should keep his place, yes. personally. Yes. Based on his performance. Expand Michael, because that was a very emphatic yes. Uh, just because, like we commented before, in these big games, Jack Ross has tended to kind of go for it a lot and play even more attacking than we usually do. And I just think Oviedo gives you so much more in that sense. And obviously... He's a very he's a very very good footballer to be simplistic about this. And although I did campaign for Reese James to keep his place, I think it's a similar situation. Reese James has had to kind of lose his spot, but Oviedo hasn't done anything to lose his again. If that makes sense. It does sorry, I was just laughing at the thought of your campaign. Yeah, for Reese James to keep his spot. I mean, no offense, <laughs> to, no offense, <laughs> no offense <laughs> to Reese James, but that would be a very vanilla protest, like, wouldn't it? Michael's down where he's bored outside the academy lights. Yeah. Reese James in. Shout, shout to Jack Ross's office. <laughs> Jack Ross is going, I've got a wife and two kids. Yeah. You're calling me. Every time, uh, every time somebody's getting interviewed and Michael's in the background trying to get a camera shot, like the people with the stop <laughs> Brexit <laughs> signs yeah. now, what you see on the news. Yeah, like transfer deadline there. Stop Oviedo. Yeah, yeah. Get oh, rid of himself, so, Oviedo. Sorry, that was funny, that tickle as I did. Um, right, would anybody change the team then or not? Yes. Okay. Maguire for Gooch would be my change. Interesting midfielder th- the way he set up the midfield, the midfield three the last game was was different. Does um, because not, he sorry because he had um, he had Catamol and Power with sort of Honey, Honeyman wasn't even like the number ten role either. It seemed like a very much a, a midfield three to me, um, which is a little bit different. So you, you would stick with that and just put Maguire one of the wide positions. Yeah, yeah? I would say though with um, Oviedo playing, you do lose a little bit of defensive solidity, and I think Gooch maybe does give you that if he plays. I think Maguire works hard back over as well, to be fair. He, he does, but I think Maguire, he more works hard like in the final third of a pitch, whereas Gooch, I think he's going to like track back. He almost plays in a wing-back role at times. I agree that Maguire works hard, but I think it's further up the pitch he does his work. I just feel as though from an attacking perspective recently, uh, although he did score um, and, and create the, the goals in the in the Warsaw game, didn't, I didn't think he had a very good game. I thought he was quite poor last week, and I really like him. I think he's been excellent this season, mm-hmm. and obviously, he's somebody will come back and rightly say, "Well, it doesn't matter how well he's playing because his stats suggest he scored what five goals. He's got seven assists or whatever." Well, Maguire's probably scored five or six goals, and he probably doesn't have as many assists as, as Gooch, mind, but he's equally contributed um, in the goals. So, 
it's not a bad thing that you've got the opportunity to bring one no. in for the other. I also feel as though with Maguire, it's it's the big game. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I agree with that. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't drop McGeady because he's, he's the best, not going to drop he's McGeady the best player. Minute, is he? He's like having the he's like having the cheat code on FIFA yeah. in your League One. So like, yeah, he's you wouldn't drop unjobable at the moment. You don't drop power. You don't drop Catamore, and you don't drop. Uh, Honeyman because he was outstanding at the weekend. He was so, arguably yeah. man of the match for me on Saturday. So you have to, for me, if without doubt, Honeyman was man of the match. You for have me to get Maguire back into the team, and it would be for Gooch. And Gooch, if we look at the Doncaster game, I think he came off the bench, didn't he, against Doncaster? He was excellent. Mm-hmm. I think it was Doncaster, or it might yeah. have been Shrews. I think it was Shrewsbury. I'm thinking of it was Shrewsbury. It was him and Honeyman came on and lifted everything. Um, so you got that option, mm-hmm. and then you've got. I mean, what more's He's not going to start, but he no. was excellent when he came on. So we've got great options. Um, Charlie and, White's looking good in training. Yeah. Jack Ross was saying it there. So, he looks much stronger and fitter than the last time he came back. So it's got, exciting, isn't yeah. it? Q Portsmouth force under a nil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's good. It's good that we have this selection dilemma, and we're not just putting out the first eleven that that the fittest eleven, and that we've got this that selection dilemma because we've got the game stacking up. You know, it's it's mm. the old the old cliche, but they are coming thick and fast. And especially when you move into the midweeks throughout January and, and mm. February, we're going to need the squad and it'll be nice to get, to get, to get Wyke back and to yeah. get what more fully fit as well. Going into that. A couple of things I want to finish up on before we wrap it up. Lugo nine. See his comments in the press today. Gets more impressive for the way he speaks. I didn't see it, no. Anybody say that? Lugo nine. So he was getting asked about playing right back. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he said when one of the coaches asked him if he played right back before he said, yes, when he hadn't, and he said, and then I did kind of quietly just say uh, on FIFA or nine lie shock. No, but he, he wants to be. It's good that he wants to be in the team and play anyway. But was interesting. He said, yeah, he said, go lying. Yeah, he backed himself yeah, to yeah. do it because he said he studies the game and he watches people <clears> play right back and how they make the runs. He's been watching himself back, and so and, and he thinks he knows why he was going wrong at the start of the season. He was making runs too early and stuff. It's just really refreshing to have somebody in the team who's just so determined to improve themselves. Mm-hmm. And work really hard, and he comes across like such a nice lad, doesn't he? He's, he's one I'm really rooting for, and I hope he gets on the pitch and, and, and grabs a goal if he can. It does kind of just embody the new Sunderland in so many ways, Luke O'Neill's attitude. I mean, I think everything this season has been what the kind of utopian vision of League One would have been. You know, when we got relegated against Burton, and you kind of have a few drinks and you try and rationalise getting relegated and think about what it could be. I think it's been basically the ideal scenario, <clears throat> other than because we haven't played the games, we're not top of the league. Yeah. But I think in every other sense, that would be the been... only only tweak you could make to it, isn't it? In, in, we've got everything we wanted. Yeah, we've got new heroes. You know, we've got forty thousand people coming on Boxing Day. I thought yeah. you were going to go to a Tony Blair, new Labour speech there, new seats, new manager, <laughs> new no, owners. No, no. <laughs> I did want to talk about the Boxing Day, the crowd, and people's thoughts on that. Outstanding, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, Boxing Day does generally draw a larger crowd than normal. Not last year when we were losing every week, perhaps. Um, and, and I did think we played on Boxing Day last year. Uh, no, we played. No, we didn't. We played. We were Sheffield United. Oh, yeah, it was. Oh, yes, oh, yeah. Don't remind me <laughs> that. That was terrible, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, yeah, because I remember the first season we were in the stadium. Of like we played Bradford at home, yeah, actually. And it was the first. It was apart from the Man City opening game. It was a, only. It was the first. Well, so it was the second time we we beat the forty thousand mark, wasn't it? Which was a bumper crowd then, but impressive that, isn't it? Everybody no, agrees. 45,000 it's looking like for a third division game. What yeah. I would say about Incredible. Charlie as well, he, I think at the start he was kind of like, right, we need to do this, we need to do that, get the fans in, and we like cajoling. And I think 
seems to be working. Missed. But I think <laughs> what I would say is he kind of stepped off the gas a little bit after the first couple of months of this, or first six weeks of the season and let it go. But and now it has more impact when he comes out yes. and says, "Look, got this game. Get yeah. yourselves to the game. Uh, uh, Let's uh, achieve this." And uh, I think someone's hamstring's just gone. I think. <laughs> um, and. Uh, Let's let's do this, and then it, I think people respond more, don't they? The people get on board a bit more, and also it's a sign that it's not just taken as red that people are going to show up, because over the last few years the club has been like next to no like marked in terms of trying to attract people to games. It's just kind of like well, Sunderland fans will turn up because it's what they're doing on a Saturday. Whereas this season, I think we haven't been taken for granted, and it's just such a nice change to see the positivity around the club and the way everyone's pulling together. Mm. That's another good statement to everybody outside as well, who might have even watched the documentary and then looked at all the empty seats because that was apparent. And it's a side that we highlighted on on the program. We hadn't won a home game in a year, and um, it just shows that if you get a group of players who put their all in and uh, and, and give us everything that they have um, and bring us some results and some wins. And we're not walking away off the league. We're just we're just in there with a shout at the moment. You would say, and what forty four, forty five thousand going to turn up for a third division game? Well, if, we got 40, if we got forty five in, it would be unbelievable. And you know, if, if we could get a great result in that game, it would be nice to be in the stadium full again. With, oh yeah, yeah. with um, some optimism, some positivity, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. With, with more the people, team that we can be proud yeah. of as well. More people might stay. You know, once of you know. The more people might be inclined to come back to to another game. You know, I might put three, four thousand on the gate for league games. Definitely, and again, I mean, people talked a lot last season about the young generation coming through and going to games. And you think, well, if you were a kid, like going to the games now, like why would you bother? Whereas now it's a reverse. You go to the game against Bradford on Boxing Day, and we we win and play well. Then suddenly, like the kids up in the fixture, they're saying, "But Dad, we've got Shrewsbury in two days. Can we go to that?" And like yeah, people yeah, start yeah. badgering the parents. It just creates that kind of like momentum. It's just so good. Uh... Good kid impression, by the way. I enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I'm only a young myself, so yeah, I just... yeah, yeah. right. You're going, Michael, obviously, aren't you? On Saturday, yes. Yeah, I'm going on Saturday. Yeah, I'm going to do the um, big respect the reaction because... pod, Michael. Um, or by myself well, are you just going on your own are you? Michael's representing no. the wise <laughs> well, exactly. podcast so by going all the way down to Portsmouth on a Saturday the day after our Christmas night out yeah, as well yeah. lad. so we're going out for a meal and for some drinks a lot of drinks I would imagine so yeah we might all text you in the morning when we're lying in bed just ask if you're regretting your decision if the lads bring back three points so it'll be worth a couple it. of light admin for the uh, quickly then um, the Bradford game the fan zone <clears throat> Somebody from Wiseman say it might be me. I think um, we'll be with Frankie in the fan zone at half. We're trying to make people go, um, <laughs> and yeah, they've already bought the tickets now. It's too late. Um, and there'll be a five-side game. Apparently, apparently we're playing Rotor Report with five-side. I'm not playing. I don't think I am. Yeah. So, but Mickey's playing. Yeah. Mickey is a very commanding man. So, <laughs> um, and there's I think Matt Matthews playing. Um, a couple of the other lads I love Supreme playing as well I don't know like I haven't got the full just... details yet I haven't got the full details yet we're if playing somebody if it wasn't somebody. Boxing Day I'll play <laughs> football on Boxing Day I've already committed to doing drinking on that <laughs> exactly, day so I yeah. can't I can't, uh, exactly. I can't um, too short notice maybe yeah. we'll sort something out in the summer as well a few, yeah, yeah, maybe a get few, some local fans in and all have a good five a side or six side tournament a few, the, yeah, a few of the lads who are a bit more um, of an outdoor pursuit in the words of Graham Taylor um are going to be playing in it so you know I think you can watch it at the beacon of light right. so if you want to see you know some idiots playing football on Boxing Day then 
go and do that. There you go. Right, right. we're going to wrap this up, Sunderland. Hopefully, bring three points back in this top of pot, top of top of top of a table clash at Portsmouth. Uh, thanks for listening. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.